Hey everybody, Michael Matt here. We have got a great show for you tonight down here in the underground. The World Economic Forum is set to host another powwow in Davos this coming January, where Klaus and the boys intend to organize bold collective action against escalating global crises, crises which they themselves have caused, but who's counting? What does that mean? God knows. We're going to talk about that. We're going to discuss all of it. What can be done possibly to prevent the next lockdown, which they obviously have in mind. But before we get started, I just want to say thank you. The Remnant Underground at remnant-tv.com now is beginning, wait for it, to outperform YouTube in terms of numbers of views. And that, my friends, is thanks to you. So we're very, very grateful. I'd ask you also just to go ahead and spread the word, to sign up for my e-letter, follow me on Twitter, like and share this video, because we're going to make this happen with or without big tech. Again, thank you so much. God bless you all. And let's get started. Looks like Ukraine didn't uh, win that little tilt over there after all. For months, the folks at CNN have been telling us that Zelensky was whooping tail, fighting to the death. He had those Ruskies on the run, remember? Trouble is, apparently, Vladimir Putin wasn't watching CNN. Because now everybody over there is freaking out and calling for peace talks all of a sudden. Is it impossible to come back at the table and negotiate something? I think it's still possible. I'm prepared to speak with Mr. Putin. The Russian military is really hurting bad. So you want to negotiate at a time when you're at your strength and your opponent is at weakness. All I'm saying is there's a possibility for it. Oh, I see. Russia's losing. So let's just give them a little break since they're losing the war anyway. That's good. But wait a second. What about President Cruella de Vil, then? It is estimated that more than 20,000 civilians and more than 100,000 Ukrainian military officers have been killed so far. Russia must pay for its horrific crimes. 100,000 dead Ukrainians? Maybe if you triple that, Cruella, you'll be in the ballpark. And it's all Russia's fault, of course. Never mind that way back in 2017, American neocon psychos had already declared war on Vladimir Putin's Russia. Our fight is not with the Russian people, but with Putin. Our promise to you is to take your cause to Washington and make the case against Putin to the world. You know, as we've said so many times, do we have compassion for the Ukrainian people who are the victims of this? Of course, that's the problem. These megalomaniacs are playing with people's lives, as they always do, as they, as they did with Iraqi children a long time ago, right? And they've been doing forever. Perpetual war. That's what they do. And now Zelensky, Time Magazine's Person of the Year, is canceling Christians. A free country does not ban a major religion just because it's not fully on board with the political program of the people running the country. But Zelensky's doing that, and his cabinet is now devising ways to punish Christians for practicing their banned ancient religion in Ukraine. Quote, personal, economic, and restrictive sanctions will be applied to any Christian caught worshiping in unapproved ways. So here's the response of one bishop to the news. Thank you. 
Господь Господь Братья и сестры, начали бороться с Богом, начали войну против Бога, против Небезан. А это украинцы, братья и сестры. Наша Украина, я благодатна Украина Великая, и вся православная Украина... And yet, who's right there with these ungodly warriors? Mr. Mr. President, I can conclude uh, this session by thanking you, by also by saying we are all united with you. Thank you. Well, reimagine that, the guy who wants to reset the world in the image and likeness of Antichrist, whose agenda, by the way, is pretty much putting the fear of the Lord back in a lot of people, including Vladimir Putin. Разве мы хотим, чтобы в наших школах с начальных классов детям навязывали извращения, которые ведут к деградации и вымиранию? Чтобы им вдалбливали, что кроме женщины и мужчины якобы существуют еще некие гендеры. И предлагали сделать операцию по I know what people are going to say. They're going to say, it's just politics. Matt, you're falling for it again. Don't let him fool you. He's KGB. Remember all that? But like we said last time, friends, you got to, you got to look at, the, at, at what we all have learned over the past two years. So many people have woken up. And the reality is nobody wants the lunatical agenda of the Great Reset Gang. Nobody. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants what they're selling. So yeah, Putin may be a dictator, but he's not a stark raving madman. He's not a lunatic like our guy Biden is. He actually is just as freaked out about this agenda as we are. Повторю, диктатура западных элит направлена против такое полное отрицание человека, неспровержение веры и традиционных ценностей. Подавление свободы приобретает черты религии наоборот, откровенного сатанизма. So that's Let's just review. We're going to get to a little sort of strategic session here in a minute. First, these people pushing for war in Washington, in London. First, they stuck the stick in the Russian hornet's nest. That was brilliant. Back in 2017, we've gone over and over that. 2014, 2015, before that, the regime change under John McCain and Victoria Nuland and all these people, right? And then once Putin had had enough and a war started up, then they refused to negotiate. What did Biden famously say? I will not talk to Vladimir Putin, right? Which is not a good way to stop or to, to bring peace, refusing to even talk to the other side. And then they started pumping billions of dollars, high-tech weaponry, which the Ukrainian soldiers don't even know how to use, which is why so many of them are dying right now. But nevertheless, we started pumping all the money and the weapons in the world in order to promote Ukraine's war effort against Russia. And why is that happening? As we explained down here nine months ago, they weren't shy about admitting why this is happening. Here's what they were saying. Because Russia is actually a gas station with nukes. The whole Putin regime is built on oil and gas. That's it. So the West needs to unite and act fast and pour money and resources and scientific knowledge to create an energy revolution, to stop depending on oil and gas, and then the Putin regime is finished. And what was Putin's response to that? Go ahead, make my day. Right? If Team Biden doesn't stop this insanity, friends, 
Putin's going to be left with no alternative but to wipe Ukraine off the map, something that Douglas McGregor has been saying for months and months and months. He could wipe it off the map whenever he wants. And we're the ones who are refu refusing to negotiate. We, I mean the U.S., I mean London, I mean Biden. We're the ones who don't give a damn about the Ukrainian people. It's a lie, friends. And I want to use this as an example so that maybe the next time they come along with another one of these crises, with another one of these big, gigantic fake news lies, we'll be a little more discerning. I mean, eight months ago already, when everyone was ordering bigger and better Ukrainian flag lapel pins and standing with Ukraine. It was absolutely crystal clear to us down here in the underground who was behind this insanity. And the godfather, by the way, as we've been talking over at RunTheNewspaper.com, the godfather of that new world order has got his fingerprints all over this thing. Back in 2015, the directorate of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine, she positively gushed her gratitude and her praise, one George Soros since 1990, no other private donor has traveled a longer distance in helping Ukraine. In total, she writes, George Soros has provided over $181 million in support of almost, get this, almost 17,000 civil society initiatives in Ukraine that were implemented by, get this too, thousands of activists throughout the country. I don't know. I just get tired of it. I mean, it's not. If you have a Christocentric view of the world right now, friends, you're going to be right. You're going to be batting a thousand all along. This just keeps happening. I mean, you have to be able to discern. You have to understand what's going on here, how people are being used and being exploited to push an agenda. Do you remember when the Ukraine thing first happened? <laughs> it turned out they were... There were bio labs all over Ukraine. Do you remember that? Do you remember this? There are dozens of Tony Fauci-style bio labs financed by the United States all over the Ukraine right now. Is this true? Putin says it's, it is true. Now that, that, that turned out to be true. Do you remember? Does that change if you're, if you're still standing with Ukraine? Does that change your, your opinion now, nine months later? You like Dr. Malone, right? Everybody likes Dr. Malone, the guy who was a big whistleblower against the, the problems, the troubles, right, involving Pfizer and company. Well, he was there. He was on deck. He had understood that when these people's lips are moving, they're lying. So he tried to do something to break the propaganda grip on people about this. Do you remember? He says, quote, the weapons of war have evolved. What would the USA do if Russia was transforming Mexico into a client state? and had placed bio-warfare research laboratories along our southern border. Would we invade? Says Dr. Malone, I strongly suspect that we would. And what did our folks say? Stand with Ukraine, man! You racist! You hater! You extremist! Do you ever get tired? Do you get tired of it? That every time someone attempts to stand up and speak the truth, the first thing that comes to your lips is racist, hater, little, little buzzwords that were fed, were fed to you by the TV set. Do you get tired of it? 
I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people who support this nonsense. You ever, do you ever get tired of not having an original thought in your head that wasn't programmed by people who hate you? And Dr. Malone's another one who found out the hard way that in this media-driven war, the facts of the matter, the facts about who was really behind this, what was really going on, just didn't matter. I set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, and the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. And it played a, an important part in events now. I, I, you think that would have ended it? And there's so much more evidence. We presented a lot of it nine months ago that Soros was behind this thing. And I'm not a Soros is behind every tornado that comes in kind of guy, but that he's behind a lot of this stuff is simply not, it's not the stuff of, of conspiracy theory any longer. He was behind what was going on in Ukraine. He was back there years and years ago. He admitted it. <laughs> Same guy, by the way, who came right out and admitted that he was gonna take Donald Trump down in the year 2020. Clearly, I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world but I regard it as a purely temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020. Why they had to take out Donald Trump was because wild man Trump, for all of his faults, what was he doing? He was making Americans believe again. He was making Americans less afraid, which is the problem right now, isn't it? Everybody is terrified, right, of everything. But Trump made them believe. Trump made them believe that mourning in America was still something that could happen. It's called patriotism, friends. And patriotism, as we all know, is the kryptonite of the supermen of the New World Order. That's why they're tearing statues down. That's why they're ripping up the Constitution. Because you feel something in here. If you feel something in here for God or for your country or for family, you're going to feel nothing for this godless, anti-family, anti-country, New World Order. And they know that. And what did Trump say? Trump said, you could sum up his entire four years in office as, I don't care about your New World Order. Really, I don't. I'm going to make America great again. And that's all it took. Because with that, with those words, with those slogans, it doesn't matter if it was politics or not, just politics, just lip service. Once again, with those words, he fired up and emboldened millions, they say 75 million Americans, to say the same thing to the New World Order lunatics. We don't care. So my point is, at this point, <laughs> If we could get enough people to join in that, in that crusade, which is a fairly easy crusade, we don't care. We could change everything. They took Trump out, and you know how they took him, took him out. We're not allowed to talk about how they took him out, but you know how they took him out. They had to do it that way because there was no other way. Because I Don't Care had started a movement, a counter-revolution. And ever since then, it's been panic porn, panic porn, panic porn. You will care. You must care, is what they're saying to us. Mask up. Get vaccinated. Stand with Ukraine. Here comes another variant. Omicron, Delta, and RSV. Oh, my. Mask up again. Get another booster. 
constantly until everybody becomes like that. What was that movie back in the in the eighties and nineties, The Blair Witch Project? I'm scared to close my eyes. Everybody's getting like that. They're shattered. They're destroyed right now. It's all about fear. Like for example, you, you think. I've always been making fun of this guy, Schwab. He's like a Bond villain, right? Got the funny German accent, the bald head, the weird look in his eyes. Do you think that they don't realize that Klaus Schwab, I'm talking about the people at the WEF, uh, they don't realize what Klaus Schwab looks like? Of course they do. That's the whole point. Klaus Schwab is straight from central casting. And his point and purpose is to scare you to death. Aujourd'hui. Au bout de ça, on parle de puces qu'on pourra s'implanter. Ce sera quand ça Certainement dans les dix années à venir. Et d'abord, on va les implanter dans nos vêtements, uh -huh. c'est-à-dire wearables, comme on le dit. Et après, on pourrait s'imaginer qu'on les implante dans nos cerveaux ou dans nos topos. Et à la fin, peut-être il y a une communication directe entre notre cerveau now you don't just sort of wander in the, to that sort of Nazi ubermensch Aryan nation talk by accident, do you? That's on purpose. Because in the back of everybody's mind, there's like, oh boy, this guy's a nut job, but you don't suppose he could actually pull that off, do you? What, what the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. And in a few months, Golden Brain over there in Davos is going to be telling you to lock yourself down, lock your kids down, your family down again, to save the planet, of course. In the UK, in fact, that's already happening. It's already started. There's this guy, Stuart Fillingham, who runs a, like a motorcycle YouTube channel. Kind of fun to listen to this guy. He's got a very thick accent. Well, he's over there right now, warning the motorheads in the same fashion that we're trying to warn this audience of what these guys are actually up to. Here's, here's Stuart. Now, right at the beginning of this year, I reported that the Oxford City Council had voted in what was essentially the first zero emission zone in the UK, i.e. you cannot enter certain areas of the city with a motor vehicle. And I mooted at the time that the Department for Transport was using Oxford as a guinea pig, a test bed, in a bid to rid the UK of personal motorised transport. Don't forget, at the beginning of this year, Trudy Harrison, a minister for the Department of Transport, made it quite clear that private car ownership is a thing of the past. And that sh we should all be walking, using pedal cycles, or using public transport. And if you listen to what Stuart said right there, well, it looks to me like those old EV things, the electric vehicles, are not going to be part of the solution after all. Because they're not being mentioned. They're locking down these little towns over in the UK, giving us just a couple of arteries in and out, and they're saying, <laughs> you got to walk. You get to ride your bicycle. Better yet, stay home. They're not saying, unless you have an, an EV, then, then everything's fine. They're not saying that. Why, why do you suppose that is? I have a feeling it's because once they get you into your EV, they're going to just turn around and ban the EVs and then mandate that we all drive around in that globalist fleet of Ubers for the rest of our lives.
Because you know that's also part of the Great Reset. Get rid of all privately owned cars, get rid of private property. Maybe you can keep your house, but only if you make it 100% zero emission, right? So we'll get to that in a show or two. But they're not going to let you have the EV and just go zipping around in your high-powered Tesla. That's not going to happen. They're going to make sure that everybody's using public transportation. That's the future. That's what they want. So the bottom line then, save the planet by buying an electric vehicle that everybody's talking about. It is nothing more than a cruel joke. We want to go all electric by 2035. Is it practical to do it now? Well, we can make this whole discussion easy with the two-letter word, no. There's no such thing, of course, as a zero emissions vehicle. The real question is, where are the emissions associated with the electric car? Because what you do with an electric vehicle is you don't eliminate emissions, you export them somewhere else. You have to dig up about 500,000 pounds of materials to make a single thousand pound battery. It takes 100 to 300 barrels of oil to manufacture a battery that can hold one barrel of oil equivalent of energy. Just manufacturing the battery can have a carbon debt rate ranging from 10 tons to 40 tons of CO2. And the plans that are in place to increase the use of batteries will require an increase in production of minerals like lithium, cobalt, zinc. Demand for those minerals will increase between 400% and 4,000%. Isn't enough mining in the world to make enough batteries for that many people for their car? So what are we going to do in a world dominated by ridiculous lunatics? Well, mockery, I've said down here before, mockery is a good part of it. They have no answer for that. And then I think, again, you tell everyone you know, we start a little campaign. Who knows? Maybe it takes off. Because it's what we all feel in our hearts anyway. And the campaign can be basically summed up in three words. I and don't and care. I don't care. I can't be made to care. I will not care on cue from globalists now or ever. <laughs> you know, because let's look at the MO, friends. They've been doing this for so long. Remember when they wanted to legalize abortion and they came in hard with, it's a woman's right to choose. If you don't respect a woman's right to choose, well, you're a hater, right? Maybe don't get pregnant in the first place, sweetheart, because honestly, I don't care. I do not care about a woman's right to choose. Whoever this woman, this nameless, faceless woman, I don't care, right? We all kind of feel the same way. The pro-life movement is very strong in this country and around the world because we basically said we don't care about her right to, to, to choose. Now, what we do care about with all of our hearts, we do care about an unborn woman's right to live, yeah, we do care about that. But two years ago, then, using that same model, they began telling us to get vaccinated to save grandma. But they cared so much about grandma, millions of grandmas, that they locked her up in nursing homes where she could die alone, where she's looking through the windows. Remember those, those, those videos, looking through the windows, out her, her, her kids out in the yard, out in the grass, and she'd cry in her eyes out because they would not let anybody touch her, anybody come and see her, including her priest. That's how much they cared about grandma. So when they told us to get vaccinated because of grandma, we could see the hypocrisy writ large, and we said, rightly so, I don't care about grandma moving right along. Because we take care of our grandmas on our own, right? And they were just using and abusing grandma just like they're using and abusing the Ukrainian people right now. 
But if we argue against climate hysteria now, if we argue saying, well, it's not real, it doesn't happen, it's not real, what happens? We lose that argument every single time, first of all, because we're not scientists, and secondly, because they don't believe in science either. Science is whatever they say it is. Science at one point, between the last year of cartoon land, science became Tony Fauci. Do you remember that? I am science. And everybody's like, I sure hope Brad Pitt plays him again on Saturday Night Live. Right? So insane it got. So that argument doesn't really work too well. Doesn't, not, climate change isn't happening. That's, that's, that's crazy. You guys can't, it doesn't work. But what about this? What about the next time they tell us that, the, that there's, there's severe climate change? What if we just look them right in the eye and say, hmm, I don't care. And they say, well, the world's going to burn up in 12 years. AOC said 12 years. Pope Francis thinks 12 years. And you say, ah, not even still. I don't care at all. <laughs> what do they do with that? I've got compassion for the climate. I take care for the planet. I take care of the planet. You know, I'm going to let God save his planet. I think that's the best idea. He created it. He'll probably take care of it. And if he doesn't, then it's the end of the world. We probably had that coming too. Either way, I don't care what Bill Gates thinks about climate change. I don't care what Al Gore says about climate. Al Gore, in fact, is probably the only one who was stupid enough to actually believe in climate change. I think he did. That's why we don't hear so much from him anymore, because he was always predicting polar bear bodies all over the North Pole and the ice caps were gone and 10-foot waves are going to come over New York City. Remember all that? By like 1989 or something and it never happened and everybody's like, Albert, it's time for a break now. Yeah, you got to get over yourself, bud. So he believed it. Most of them don't believe it. And again, when, when we say to these people, no, we just don't care. You don't care. You don't, have, you don't possess the capacity to care about anything, let alone the world burning up 50 years after you're dead. You don't, you don't possess that sort of concern for humanity. We know that. So it's, 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 it's fake and gay. And that's kind of what Vladimir Putin just told the globalist community, didn't he? And they were saying all these terrible things were going to happen if he didn't stop, right? He says, I don't care about your new world order because I'm going to make Russia great again. And now they're like, could we, um, sorry, very sorry, Mr. Putin, could we sit down and talk peace? <laughs> so everything that they've done to us, to the world, to our kids, everything over the past three years has depended on one thing, on their ability to convince enough of us to care about their fake news. <laughs> That's it. So what happens today, however, what happens, seriously? If enough people become heretics, and if the heretics began to outnumber the believers, we, in this case, when it comes to climate change, are the heretics. What if we began to outnumber the religious zealots? What happens if enough people stop caring about this religion? Twitter knows exactly what's going to happen. We're watching this full, unfold in real time. Twitter spent billions of dollars in years keeping the heretics away from the true believers who've been sucked into a globalist cult three years ago. <laughs> it's been years trying to silence people who didn't care then and who don't care now. And apparently Elon Musk is one of them because he's exposing all of them. He's exposing everything they went through to try to shut down people who had independent thought, people who weren't true believers in the cult. That's us. We don't care, in other words. 
We don't care about a woman's right to choose. I don't care if the world burns up in 12 years, even if I believed it, which I don't. Is that too harsh? I don't think so. Because remember, these guys taught us how not to care, didn't they? They told God, for example, to go to hell a long time ago. They said they don't care if the unborn babies we were defending, they don't care if those babies feel pain. They don't care what we think of the fact that the baby has a right to life. Go to hell, they told us. They don't care that Jesus Christ elevated marriage to the dignity of a sacrament. They're going to redefine it in the image and likeness of Satan. They don't care that our children are being abused in classrooms and now even in doctor's office with the blessing and approval of the most powerful people in the country. So I encourage all of you to think of yourselves as ambassadors to your communities. Ambassadors for science, ambassadors for compassion, and ambassadors for care. Our task is to educate the public in as many forms as possible. And we need to have these conversations that question the assumptions that are underlying today's attacks on trans people. <laughs> so says the Babylon Bee's Man of the Year last year. <laughs> I don't even know what we just saw there. I don't know what we're seeing anymore. Does anybody? He apparently identifies as a woman. No golf clap for him. Great. <laughs> and I, on the other hand, identify as a vaccinated person. I hope we're all good with that. The lunatics' friends are clearly running the asylum now. Used to be a funny expression. Now it's our reality. I mean, you think about this, what we're going to do. If we can't get under the th out from underneath the thumb of lunatics, it's kind of on us. So we need to get serious. How do we prevent them from being able to do this stuff to us again? It's this lunacy. When I was a kid, my father wouldn't even let us watch Mr. Rogers. Because Mr. Rogers at that time, in Catholic household, was considered the, um, the embodiment of progressive education. Right? Today, now, Mr. Rogers even would get himself booted off Facebook. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. When you're born a girl baby, you grow up to be a bigger girl and then a woman. Boys are boys from the beginning. Girls are girls right from the start. Because sometimes children think that they might change. They might have to change after a while. And, you know, we laugh about that now. Isn't that something? They think it's just, you know, conservatives or traditional Catholics that got some sort of a hang-up? I, I mean, the more you look around, the more you look at old videos, it's like the whole world agreed with us 30 years ago. And now this new world which can mess up children with drugs and turn boys into what looks like girls and vice versa. A world that has put entire generations on suicide watch and hooked on drugs and broken families, just done so much damage, so much destruction. That world knows best. The lunatics know best. Big Brother, you know what, not God. Big Brother can tell us now how it all works, what science means. <laughs> what to be afraid of, what to care about, what to believe in. And the dumbed 
down masses, and I do mean that, and I mean that with all compassion in the world, for three generations, four generations, they have been dumbing us down to the point where it's easy to turn us all into agents of big brother law enforcement like this lunatic. Well, think about that in light of what we're talking about today. What, what do we see in that guy? That's a religious fanatic. That's a zealot. Right? He's, will, he's willing to suffer. He's willing to embarrass his wife. He's, in, he's willing to make a scene for his religion. To go after a non-believer, a heretic, for not wearing a mask in a grocery store. That's how close they're bringing us now to, to sheer, absolute insanity. Because when you look at that guy in a grocery store, going after somebody like that for not wearing a mask, you don't need a gulag. We don't need guards. We've got that guy and millions more just like him. And that guy, sooner than later, is going to be attacking your wife in the same grocery store for whatever, having too many kids, killing the planet, whatever it is. You okay with that? Some lunatic following orders from the TV and Big Brother <laughs> telling you or your wife that you're clear and present danger to the rest of us? What's the answer to that guy? We, should, we would punch him in the head? Of course not. Never would do that. The answer seems to me to tell him and everybody like him we don't care. We don't believe in his religion. He needs to get over himself and calm down. We simply cannot allow them to tell us what to care about ever again. Because here, ultimately, friends, this is where they want it to end up. This is what they're really telling us to believe. You don't have any answer in the Bible what to do when humans are no longer useful to the economy. You need completely new ideologies, completely new religions, and they are likely to emerge from Silicon Valley or from Bangalore and not from uh, uh, the Middle East. And they are likely to, pro to give people visions based on technology. Everything that the old religions promised, uh, happiness and justice and even eternal life, but here on earth with the help of technology and not after death with the help of some supernatural being. But you know what? We don't care about that guy. We don't care about their scary stories for children. So what do we care about? Well, I'm speaking for myself. I care about Jesus Christ, the King, no matter how many psychos blaspheme him. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. I care about family, no matter how many Chuck Schumers try to tear it apart. I care about community. I care about the clans. United all over the world, the little people, just like me, having all the kids, teaching their children at home, teaching them about God, pulling themselves away from the madness, madness and saying to the demons, we don't care, leave us alone. Moms and dads, priests, bishops, good bishops, teaching the flocks about love and everything that actually matters in this life and everything these evil men are trying to destroy. See, I care about those people. I care about their babies. I care about their religion. In fact, I would die for it all. And everything else, friends, 
<laughs> Everything else is demonic, fake, and gay. Climate change, COVID vaccines, oh, RSV is coming, melting ice caps, great resets. I don't care.